I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my husband and my co-host, Josiah. How you doing? Phenomenal. And yourself? I'm doing well. We've both had a cup of coffee, maybe two, but we have some incredible news. We're over 100 episodes with Young Adults Today. And Josiah, how can people get involved? How do they, and when do they, and where do they Get plugged in. Yeah. So, I mean, every Monday morning, honestly, new content is launched. Mm -hmm. So if you're a regular listener or if you're tuning in for two years now, we've just launched uh, new content with fresh episodes every Monday. We just want to say thanks for subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this content. It helps us, you know, reach more listeners with the message of young adults today. Yes, and we have an incredible guest. Sure do. And a wonderful author. And I will say a female joining us. It's always fun to have a female voice online with us today. So Josiah, would you mind introducing who our special guest is? I'll introduce her with her bio in just a second, but we're joined today by Christy Wright. How are you? Hey, great, you guys. Thanks for having me. Of Thanks course, for joining us. <laughs> we're excited. And Christy Wright, by the way, is a national best-selling author, mm-hmm. personal growth expert, part of the incredible team at Ramsey Solutions, um, serving as one of the Ramsey mm-hmm. personalities. She also has a popular podcast called The Christy Wright Show and has a brand new book. We're holding one of our copies. We've got oh, yeah. a couple <laughs> called Take Back Your Time, launching as we launch this episode This week is book launch week. And here's the deal. If you've ever felt overwhelmed, overworked, overscheduled, maybe exhausted in the process, or even unfulfilled, this episode is for you. And we're going to be talking about life balance. So how's that sound? That sounds great. Christy, thank you once again for joining us. Yeah, I'm so excited, you guys. This is awesome. All right. Well, for the listener who, if you've never heard of who Christy Wright is, Christy, we're just going to kick things off right away. Would you be willing to share your story of family, life, business, and leadership with the audience and us today? Sure. Well, I'll give you a quick overview just so I don't, you know, bore people. But basically, I have spent the last 10 years or so coaching people and starting businesses. So anything from small business, side business, hobby business, home-based business, ministries, nonprofit. I love to help people get started Because what I've noticed is there are so many people, truly millions of people that want to do something, but they're not sure how. And so that's what led to the Business Boutique event, the Business Boutique book in 2017, the Business Boutique podcast and and brand and so on. And I've spent so much time in this space because I have a background in business. My mom was an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. And I've always had a heart for business. I'm a certified business coach and so on. But what, what I've noticed is in doing this the last, I don't know, 10 years, is that I started to have a lot of people come to my events, read my book, listen to the podcast and so on that didn't have businesses and didn't want them. And they were just there like, oh, you really helped me in my goals or you really helped me you know, push past my fear or get a promotion or figure out what job I want to take. And, and it was almost like the market was telling me we want to be here even though we're not business people. And at the same time, God was really stirring in me to talk about more than just business. What I'd found was I have you know, all this content God's put on my heart and I was forcing it through the business filter and forcing the audience through the business filter. And God's like, let's just take away the filter and you can help people in business and in life. And so it was a combination of God stirring in me and the market telling me, affirming it. And so last year um, we decided to 
expand, not pivot away from, I still do all the business stuff. We have our conference, all that stuff, um, but expand and help people in more ways than just business. So on the Christy Wright show, I talk a lot about personal development and faith, and I have a vision to kind of bridge that gap where yeah. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. And I let a, I um, came up with a Devo, um, Living True, 40 Days to Get Back to You in October. And then this book wow. is the first real book in this space. And so it's been a, I would say like probably a two year expansion past business. Um, but I definitely still have a heart for that. I just think God's calling me to help people in more than just business now. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, we got our copies. And side note, Mike and I have been married for about four years. We have a daughter, Aurora. Mm -hmm. She's about 14 months. And we were six weeks away from baby number two. On the oh, you're close. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so we're excited. And when you read the first few pages of your book, it sounds a lot like our life that we're in right now. Just yes, folks to the yes. season. And Mike and I, each year we pick at least one book that we read to invest in our marriage. And this yeah. year, 2021, I couldn't think of a better book. And Mike oh. actually, Micah read it faster than me. But <laughs> that's awesome. And so Christy, if we can, just diving in deep, you share yeah. kind of this fear in the book, take back your time, mm -hmm. of not wanting the, the reader or the listener or us, um, like Micah and I, to look back at the end of our life with regret. So my question would be, how can we instead live a life now investing mm -hmm. in the things that matter most? Yeah, well, that's really the heart behind all the book. I mean, that's, that's the heart behind the entire um, setup. That's the heart behind the entire thesis of how I redefine life balance. And it's it's the, the heart behind the path of these five practical steps. Because even if I... The question is, well, how? How do I do that? Balance is one of those things that even the word, I think uh, we, don't, we don't know what it is. We just know we don't have it, right? Like it's, we can't pay, nail it down. So it almost becomes this shadow that haunts us. Um, and I talk in the book a lot about this, but there are undercurrents of guilt and shame and overwhelm. It's not just a time issue. It's even an issue about how we experience ourselves, our marriages, and even how we experience our life. Wow. And so I think the, the first most practical step, and this may be jumping ahead too much, you feel, feel free to take this anywhere you want to go. But the most practical step, if someone wants to spend their life intentionally, like you're saying, if they want to spend their time on what matters to them, if they want to enjoy their life, if they want to be guilt-free, if they want to be confident in the choices that they're making and have a peace that they're doing the right things. Mm -hmm. Well, the most obvious thing is they need to know what those things are. They need to know what the right things are. And this is unique to each person. Yeah. So this past summer, it's summer Olympics going on right now. Obviously they're coming up and some, an Olympian that's training 60 hours a week getting ready for the Olympics is very different than someone than you guys in six weeks when you have a newborn baby and you're up four times a night. Right. And so <laughs> the, the most you're like, Oh gosh, I forgot. Um, the most, the most basic tactical, uh, the right thing at the right time, you need to know what the right things are. So that means getting out of the weeds. It means slowing down in order to think about and consider and pray about what's right for me right now. And, and I think that when you do that, it's amazing how much clarity it brings to what you should be doing and what your calendar should look like. But we've got to start by, by identifying what those things are. And it's unique to every specific person. I think that's still good. And Christy, do you mind if I just read one quote from your book? Um, 
this really captured my attention and it's on page 81 of the advanced readers copy. And it says, if you don't begin with the end in mind, you will end up crossing someone else's finish line. And worse, you'll work really hard for a life you don't actually want. Wow. And I think we work with so many young adults and the people who are listening to this podcast, they're young leaders, they're pastors, they're volunteers, they're people who maybe just be tuning in and are passionate about the next generation and figuring out themselves if they're a part of this generation and how they can be a team player. And I would just hate for us personally or anybody to reach the end of their life and be like, I ran somebody else's race. Wow. And I think that was a huge um wake up call and a reality check when you, when you do the exercises in this book, because I'm just like, wow, like we have an opportunity, obviously we're in the passenger seat. God's hopefully in the driver's seat of our life, but there are decisions that we're going to have to make and how we prioritize and how we, and if we are praying into the future and everything. And I just find that so fascinating yet so simple, but you feel so dumb at the same time. You're like, well, duh, (laughs) this is like common sense, but to have that structure and how you uh, wrote it is just, I, I don't know, I just really appreciate that in the season that we're currently in. And we're new parents, like Josiah said, and a young family, you know, living life, leading a ministry. And we're very fulfilled doing what we're doing and privileged totally. to do that. Wow. But I know how, I guess the question is, how can we and anybody else who fits under this umbrella laser focus our efforts to match those priorities like how do they coincide and what would you say to that today yeah well I I I love that question I'd love to even circle back to something you said a second ago that I thought was really powerful insight because your audience is young it's what it's titled for and I think that you have to hold two things with open hands when you're in that season of life looking back I'm, I'm almost 38 like I'm getting close to 40 I remember my 20s I remember after college and you kind of have to hold two things with open hands. It's the, I want to live with intentionality. I don't want to just spend my entire decade of my 20s scrolling social media, which is super tempting by the way, um, or compare myself to this is what she's doing. This is what he's doing. This is what success looks like. This is what my mom says I should do comparing yourself to other people. Um, I want to be intentional and I want to have a plan and I want to think long-term and have a vision. Yes. Yes. And because we as humans tend to take everything to the extreme, we're either working out every day or eating Oreos by the sleeve, doing nothing. Like we don't really do middle well, right? Like we like the big impressive splashes. Um, The other extreme we can swing to is feeling like we have to have our entire life figured out at 22 Mm -hmm. and we can't take a job. That's not our dream job because I'm sorry, I'm living with intentionality. I don't want to retire there. So I'm not going to take that job that's beneath me. It's not either or. It's both. And and I think that I have been in seasons of my life, plenty of them that when I was in them, they felt purposeless. I maybe even felt abandoned by God. Even if I knew I wasn't, I was like, God, where are you in this? This is Mm -hmm. hard. This is not glamorous work. This is a season of loneliness or a season of wilderness. And in that season, as Americans, as a very, and as our culture, we're very individualistic. Our go-to is to look for the emergency exit, get out as fast as possible so we can self-realize and have complete fulfillment every day of our life. That's not the life of faith. And so there's this element of, you know, yes, you will go through things that feel hard. And I, I talk about this in the book in different ways. You'll go through seasons that feel hard or feel like they don't have purpose. It's not your dream job. It's not your dream scenario. In hindsight, later, 
often you look back and you see the purpose in that often, not always, but often you do. And so it's an element of, I want to be intentional. I also want to be faithful for where God has me because God has not forgotten me and he knows exactly where I am and he is always on time. And if I have tried to bang down every one of these 10 doors and none of them are open and no windows even have a crack and I can't break them open, maybe God wants me right here. Maybe I just need to be where I am. And so I think it's this dance of I'm going to be intentional with the future and with my time and also knowing that God may have me in a season that at the time feels purposeless, but we know God works all things together for good and he has a purpose. So it's, it's both of those, but to your, to your point about the, the priorities, um, and this really gets into step three in the path. And I know we're kind of going out of order here, but once you know what the right things are, those things need to go on your calendar and people are going like, uh, seriously, like this is, this is obvious, but here, here, let me, let me back out and, and show you how we miss this. We understand intellectually, but we don't do it. So we say often, especially people that are really busy type a planners, I live by my calendar, live by it. I live by my calendar. I live and die by my calendar. Like, I mean, it's not on the calendar. It's not going to happen. We say that. And then all the things that we listed out in step one that matter to us, all the things that are life-giving, all the things that are important to us, all the things that we value are not on your calendar. Mm. The only thing on your calendar are dentist appointments, practices, violin lessons if you have kids, uh, meetings, work commitments, responsibilities, volunteer commitments. Those things are fine. They are important too. But most likely those things that we care deeply about that give us life and renew us and restore us and, and bring us to spend time with God whether that's quiet time, working out, time with friends, going on dates if you're dating and you want to meet someone, those things have to be on your calendar and they're not. And then we wonder why they don't happen because we have not taken these things we care about and put them on the system we have chosen to live our lives by. And for anybody that's listening that maybe is like me, you're a free spirit, you're creative, you're like, I hate rules, I hate budgets, I hate calendars, so we're so restrictive. Here's the thing, you create it. You can make it look like anything you want to, but I can't tell you guys how much more my life has reflected my values since I started putting my values on the system I live my life by. So I even will put a bedtime on my calendar. I will put an alarm, 930, go upstairs. Because if not, it's going to be 11 o'clock and I'm scrolling Instagram and going, I'm exhausted and grouchy the next day. I don't have any time. I just need more time. No, no. You need to do what you say you want to do with the time that you have. And so whether it's working out or if it's a new goal or if it's a, a you know, side project, volunteering, a bedtime, a wake up time, mm-hmm. put it on your calendar. It doesn't guarantee that it'll happen, but it's much more likely to happen because if you're waiting until there's time left over, it's never going to happen. And if you're depending on your very tired, distracted brain to remember in the moment, it's less likely to happen. Just put the things you care about in the system you've chosen to live your life by. So good. Chrissy, that is so good. And I had this moment this past weekend where I took our daughter, Aurora, and I love being a girl dad. She is so fun and she loves going to the park. So it was the weekend and I took her for a walk and she saw the swings and she pointed, she wants to go play after a little bit in the swings. She wanted to play in the dirt, in the sand and in the wood chips. And I had this moment knowing I was thinking about just the book that Mike and I've been reading, which is your book. And I was just having this deep reflective moment where I felt like time is so valuable. You can't get it back. And I watched our daughter pick up sand and it was like the sand. She couldn't hold on to it. It just like fell through her hands. 
and you know at home or around our backyard or inside and outside we have some toys one of them's like a bucket and if she puts the sand in the bucket it's easier to manage and build a castle or build with but if not it just kind of flies yeah it just disappears (laughs) and I felt like that was such at least for me it was like the Holy Spirit was just showing me how fast time goes how precious the gift of marriage parenting fatherhood or motherhood um and even just the privilege of life that we have breath in our lungs that there's purpose for this is the day that the Lord has made and so I mean when you look at redefining success or taking back our time, it actually reminds me of a message I heard at 16, which was kind of like from Dave Ramsey, one of our heroes. He kind of helped me not take out student loans mm-hmm. because he, I heard this message at the right time. And I feel so blessed as a young listener, as a young leader, that we get to ask you this question, similar to budgeting and being intentional rather than letting the the dollar be managed by somebody else or letting the coins slip through our hands. Chrissy, how do we take back our time and redefine success in a way that honors God? Yeah, I love that question. I first just want to say what a beautiful analogy that was with the bucket. That's a beautiful analogy. Like that spoke to me. So thank you. That is so accurate. That is, I mean, we're all visual people. People are like, oh, I'm a visual learner. I'm like, everyone is. Like that is a visual that people can sink their teeth into and you get it. You go, yeah the bucket, the calendar's the bucket. You can hold on to it so much better if you just put it in the bucket. That's wow. a beautiful analogy. I also would love to just point out something that you were doing in that moment, because um, I talk about this in step five with being present for what matters. And I think we miss, we understand I want to be present. I want to be present. It's hard to be present, but we don't think about how that affects mm-hmm. our ability to feel balanced or even how we feel about the time that we have. So that to me is one of the most important pieces of this puzzle. Our culture because we have so many demands on us, because we have constant, constant flow of information. Uh, we have a true. device in our pocket screaming our name it's all day. So every day. True. It's so hard to be present. And which just means like being here, like your mind is where your body is that we have almost conditioned ourselves to sleepwalk through life where you could have easily been at the playground with your daughter. And your mind is thinking about the deadlines you've got coming up, your next podcast interview, the, the things you've got to clean at home, the things you've got to do next. And you would be at the playground with your daughter for 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, and you would never seen that sand wow. because you just simply weren't paying attention. You weren't doing anything wrong, right? Like your mind was just wondering because everyone's mind wonders. Um, Jenny Allen's book cites that we have up to 60,000 thoughts a day. Oh my God. But I think if we can harness our thoughts and literally train our brain to be where our body is, to be where your feet are. Y'all, there's fascinating research on how you not only get to experience your life because you're actually experiencing the moment you're in, you enjoy it more. Research from Harvard shows we are happier overall when we resist the temptation to be distracted, to not let our minds wander, to not scroll our phones, to just look at like the trees and the birds and the sounds and the sand and the textures and the air and the breeze, Mm -hmm. you feel more alive. Mm -hmm. And so I just love that you noticed that because anybody else, it it would have been so easy to be at the playground and never seen that hand go, the sand go through a hand because you weren't present in the moment. So well done you being present in that moment. And what a great reflection. You got that insight because you were present and you would have missed it had you not been so well done. Um, yeah, I think, I think that redef- I, I, my hope for this book, back to your question about redefining it and redefining success, my hope is that it actually sets people free. 
there is so much guilt and shame around how we spend our time. We feel guilty. Whether you work at home, outside the home, home home-based business, part-time, full-time, stay-at-home mom, whether you have kids, don't have kids, we just feel guilty. And I believe, I won't go off on my soapbox here, but I believe the enemy gets a foothold there and Mm. he just digs and digs and digs. And that's not how God talks to you. And that's not what God says about you. But also we can be more intentional with how we spend our time. But once you are, I want people to feel free to be present in those moments. I, I, a simple tactical thing I recommend, and I talk about this in the book, I talk about the to-do list. Um, here, here's what we do. A lot of women do this. I don't know if men do this. You can I already it. know I'm guilty of it. I already know. <laughs> here's what we do. And I say this because we all do it. Um, maybe your young adults don't. Maybe they're not like in that season yet where they're like the to-do list is ruining their life. But you have a to-do list of 47 things and you get 45 done and you focus on the two that you didn't wow. get to and you feel guilty wow. for not getting to the two. And that's what we do. And so a simple practical thing I do in, in light of this, not just redefining success, but being present and proud of what you're doing, right? I, I practice I've started is every day before I write my to-do list for the day, I write down what I'm proud of that I did yesterday. Wow. And as simple as that sounds, I wrote, oh, Chris, look, you did this. And it could be the simplest stuff. Like I took my kids to the playground. It doesn't have to be life-changing but it, it trains my brain to focus on what I'm doing right mm-hmm. and shakes the guilt and go, Hey, you're doing better than you think. Okay. Now from this place of security, yeah. from this place of confidence in who I am and how I'm spending my time, I'm going to write my to-do list. Knowing this to-do list is not going to rule me. Um, so let's say I didn't do anything yesterday on my to-do list. I wrote down five things. I didn't do any of them by starting my day today, writing down what I'm proud of from yesterday mm-hmm. makes me show what I did. Right. Oh, well, I didn't do those things, but here's what I did do. I did this and this and this. And usually it's all things you want to do as well. And so I think for, for a big piece of this is not just redefining success, but training yourself to see it as success Yeah. because you could be managing your calendar perfectly, but if you're not present for it, you miss it. If you don't identify that as success, as like, this is my version of balance and I'm choosing this, then you'll still feel like a failure no matter what you do. Um, an example I use in the book, and I think this is in step three on creating the calendar, the tactical, practical side. But I use an example of my house. So with three kids under age six, my house is never clean all at the same time. It just does not happen. Now, could I spend my life this way of like making sure it's clean? Sure, I don't want to because what's important to me is being with my kids when I'm not at work. So I've chosen which rooms I fight for and which rooms I let go. So I fight for the kitchen, the living room, and my bedroom. I fight and work hard to keep those rooms picked up and clean. And for the most part, they are. That's because I spend the most of my time there. There's other rooms that I don't even worry about. The playroom, I don't even know. I may not be able to see the floor. Like it's in an actual abyss. But because I've chosen to not fight for that room, right? Like I have chosen, this is a room I'm willing to let go. The kids are just going to play with the toys tomorrow. We may pick it up and organize it once every two to three weeks, maybe. When I walk from the kitchen into the playroom to tell my kids it's it's time for dinner and that room is a mess, I don't feel guilty because I chose that mess. I'm not thinking, oh, I should clean this up. No, no, no. I actually chose to spend my time in a different way. I chose to spend my evenings, 5.30, 7.30 at the playground. And that is how I want to spend my time. So it sets me free. It gives me permission to not feel guilty for not doing everything because no one can do everything. Right. And so instead I choose what I'm going to fight for, what I'm going to let go, whether it's rooms in the house or things in my calendar. And then I'm proud of and present for those things and watch how the guilt melts away when you do that. Christy, that sets us free. Oh my gosh, that's good. Well, the funny thing is I literally were on a walk this weekend. I told Josiah, I was like, you know what? Christy writes about this in the book. You're like, you just have to choose the rooms that you just 
gotta let go. And I'm like, okay, bucket of toys, bucket of toys, play food <laughs> all over the floor. You know what? I'm like, I'm going to pick my battles. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care about the three season right now. That half of it is her zone. And she knows she's taking her own personal inventory and playing over here. <laughs> I was like, that's okay. And I know when you said the list thing, what I thought you were going to say is you make a list and then you write, like made a list check. Like that's me. Like I'm going to make a list and I'm right. Made list. And I want to put check to feel accomplished because we talk, you talk about um, productivity, productivity. Do you feel productive? And I, that's my biggest pitfall. I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm going to close my eyes and be like, yes, Lord, I live for you, but I was also productive in these areas. And <laughs> it made me feel good. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you do it again the next day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so mundane or maybe silly, like chasing the wind, but Oh my gosh. Well, we want well, to be funny. Cause well, well, the, I thought it was so fascinating. I, in my research I did before when I was writing this, I thought the, the research on the to-do list was fascinating how our brain releases dopamine when we check something off, which creates an addictive cycle. Yeah. So we begin to put things on a to-do list and never question if those are good things. Right. If those are things we want to do. If those are things that are important, if those are the things that matter in the grand scheme, or those are the things that move us in the direction we want to be, we don't question. We just put it on there, check it off, put it on there, check it off like a rat in a wheel. Wow. Right. And yep. you go, Oh, I should do this differently. Yes. The to-do list can be a tool, but I want things on it that actually matter that actually turn me into who I want to be to create the life I want to lead. Yes, that's perfect. And we also want to lean into, we got five questions for you left. It's rapid fire, five and five, five questions in less than five minutes, if you can do it. And we're going to lean in and be present with you as a listener, as the people in who are viewing right now. And we're going to kick it off with question. Number one, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would those three words be? Hardworking enthusiastic and honest. I love it. That's an amazing combo, Christy. Why? I'm an Enneagram eight. Like I'm going to shoot you straight. <laughs> Is that the challenger? Yeah. Too. You know, sometimes I forget the numbers. <laughs> I'm an eight wing seven. So I'm enthusiastic as well. Very enthusiastic yes. about everything. <laughs> um, Christy, why do you believe reaching the next generation through efforts like young adult ministry? Why do you think that's important? Well, I'm going to speak like an old person here. I'm not that much older. I mean, I don't feel like it, but um, I think you avoid regret. Regret is such a tough thing because you feel like you could have done something different and you didn't. And I, I talk to so many people in their 60s that mm. whether it's a book or something, and they say, I wish I knew that when I was younger. You know, all Dave Ramsey's people say that. And so I think you just, you're, you're catching them early to help them set their life on a, on a better path earlier to avoid the regret. That's phenomenal. All right. Question number three, we're going to mix it up. Here's the curve ball. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question today, what would you ask us? Oh, okay. Can I ask you anything? Anything. Ministry, non-ministry, fun. Well, I have so many now. I have to like narrow it down. Um, Okay. I'll ask you one from the book because I'm curious because y'all went through the book. Yeah. When you had to define who you wanted to be, what did you say? Oh my gosh. I said I wanted to be a present believer of Christ with my friends, my family, the ministry, and not chase the wind essentially, or chase my shadow. And, and through that, just organizing, like, what are those priorities and how are they broken down? Like that little funnel or the five, I don't know, yeah. upside down pyramid. <laughs> yeah. So I was leaning in that direction and I'm still sifting through. Cause I'm just like, wow, at the end of my life, what do I want to be said about me essentially yeah. too? Yeah. So I'm still working on the ultimate thing, but I'm like, 
there's a lot of that's good a lot of me that probably spewed on those pages as I was journaling no that's so good it's, I think it's interesting because it's different for everybody it is and for me Christy I would say um similar to Micah I, I want to be known as the same person or famous in my house that I was faithful with my family, that it can be said of me, mm-hmm. that the people who know me, and maybe they knew me from a stage or a screen, but I was the same person at home for my wife, mm-hmm. for, our, for the next generation, uh, our family, and then really that I pointed people to Jesus, mm-hmm. that I lived and encouraged people who were having a tough time, and that I was a friend, that I was just faithful. So that's so good. It's a deep question. That's fun. Back to you, four or five. Excited to hear your response to this one. For those who want to start a side hustle, or maybe their dream is like business boutique or a home-based business or launching something new or taking a bold step of faith, what advice do you have for them? Okay. I'm going to give you two things. One is more inspirational and one is more informational, more tactical. Um, The the informational one, the tactical one is you need to know what problem you solve through that business. That's good. Now, that may sound intimidating, but it's really not. It's like, if I, you know, if I do hair, I'm solving the problem of people need haircuts, highlights, updos, blowouts, et cetera. If Praise I God. paint, I, people need custom portraits in their, in their house. If I make jewelry, people want to look cute, accessorize going out. You solve a problem. You just need to know what it is. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because when you know what problem you solve in your business, it tells you so many other important pieces of information about your business. So if someone's listening right now and they're like, I want to start a business, I want to start an ice cream food truck. Cool. Okay. Let's break this down. What problem do you solve? People like sweet treats in the summer and so on. Now let's talk about what are the other pieces of information that tells Mm -hmm. you, you know, your target audience, people that have that problem, people that live in that area, people that like ice cream, et cetera. You know, your marketing language, what are you going to talk about? how you solve that problem, whether it's jewelry, ice cream, hair, that's all you talk about. You also know your value proposition. That means that gives you confidence for charging. What are you going to charge for? What's your basis for your pricing for solving that problem? So anybody that wants to start, just boil it down to what's the problem I solve and then watch how that begins to be a domino effect of you learning and clarifying your business idea just from that one piece of information. But the second is more inspirational. And here's what I would say. Take one step any step. There's no wrong step. The first step could be a Google search. The first step could be telling your roommate. The first step could be printing off uh, something at Kinko's for a sign for your ice cream, I mean, anything, because here's what happens. When we are scared, we stay stuck. So I tell people all the time, don't wait until you're not scared to do the thing you want to do. Do it scared. The antidote to fear is action. Nothing will silence your fear of doing the thing, like doing the thing. So go do the thing. Take one tiny step of faith that will fuel your confidence to take the second tiny step and the third tiny step. Or, you know, you look up, you're like, look at me in my ice cream truck. I've got a salon. I'm making jewelry and I've got an Etsy shop. But it didn't happen because you had this big splash and were suddenly fearless one day. It happened one tiny step of faith at a time. Wow. So good. I think that's going to encourage a lot of our listeners in that regard because there are many dreams in our heads and hearts and we never put our hands and feet to them. And they were dead. You know, and that is true for ministry and nonprofit as well. Yes. Ministry, nonprofit. I just want to give you one spiel for all, because I know you've got a lot of believers that are listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Nonprofit is a tax status. It's an IRS designation. It does not mean your business is holy. Your business is holy because you do your work as unto the Lord and serve wow. people regardless of your tax status. So if you're on the fence, 
you can figure out what you want to do with your business, but just know you have the same responsibility to run your business like a responsible business, nonprofit or for-profit, Christian or secular. Either way, you have the responsibility and the ability to make it the best it can be. Amazing. I just focused on that one. All right. Final question, Christy. If you could tell a group of college pastors, young adult ministry leaders, one thing, what word of advice would you leave them with today? I wish I could get so close to the camera, but there's a table right here. Like I want to get so, do not give up. I know it's hard. I know you're exhausted. I know you feel like that your work doesn't matter. I know you feel like you show up to church to that young adult ministry with crumbs sometimes. Mm. I know you feel like you show up a hypocrite because you yelled at somebody in the parking lot. Show up anyway. Do not give up. I am a product of a young life leader that poured into me when I was a 15 year old. And y'all, when I walked across the stage as an 18 year old, I did not look any different. I was still wearing short shorts, still drinking, still going to parties. You have no idea what God will do with the seeds you are planting. Do not give up. That's so good. That's a great Sheesh. challenge and a great motivation. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm the man here and I'm like He's welling up, up with tears because um, that's, Me and you both, right? <laughs> that, that speaks to my heart. And I pray Christy that the listener is as encouraged as yeah. I am, as Micah is and motivated to pick up, take back your time, read it with your spouse, read it with your small group, mm-hmm. maybe a, a group of young adults yeah. as well. And yeah. Christy, we just want to say thank you so much for investing in Micah and I, as well as our community of young leaders. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for the work that you do and how you are such a light in this world and specifically in the young adult space that needs it. So thank you for the work that you guys do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, you can find out more about Christy Wright when you check in with us at Young Adults Today, and you can learn more about Ramsey Solutions and her new amazing book, Take Back Your Time and Experience That Freedom just like Josiah and I right now. So until next time, this is Mike and Josiah signing off. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.